This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you separate your salt and pepper? Do you demand substitutions at restaurants? Do you expect to be invited to everything? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonema. And let's just get right down to it with our moose-bouche. I feel slightly nervous. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so for today's moose-bouche, I want to talk about the 1989 movie, Batman. Do you remember this movie? Is this Michael Keaton? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. So it's a great movie. And do you remember there's a scene where Batman and Vicki Vale are dining? They're in his dining room, and it's a very long dining table, like 50 feet long. And they're both at opposite ends. Do you remember this? I do, because I think he makes a joke. I don't think I've been in this room before. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so in this scene, they're having soup, and the room is so large that like they can't actually hear each other talking. Uh, they're like, how's the soup? And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> so she says, oh, would you pass the salt? And so then do you remember what Batman did? What did Bruce Wayne do? I feel like he picked up his soup, and he came down and sat with her. What he did is he grabbed the salt and walked it all the way down to her and then gave it to her and then walked back to his seat. And so the question is, was that correct? Was that proper etiquette? As a side note, they do sit next to each other, though, at some point. Eventually, they're <laughs> like, oh, should we just get out of here? <laughs> yes. And then they finish their meal in the kitchen. Okay, because they do That's end up sitting happens. together. I, you know, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen this. So Sure, that is fair. But the question is, was this good etiquette? I mean, there's only this, it's 50-50, yes or no. And I feel <laughs> like you wouldn't be asking me if it wasn't, but also how else would the salt get down there? How would you get it down there? Right. And of course he wants to walk over and be near Vicky Vale. So? I feel like the answer is no, but I'm going to say, how lovely and polite of you to walk that salt that extra mile. So let's put a pin in that for a second. And let's just talk about like, why is salt and pepper as a combination a thing? Like, how did this happen? Because if you think about like dining tables throughout the United States, 
every diner, every trade table on an airplane, it's always salt and pepper. And like, how did this combination come to be? Because like, there's lots of other options. And so salt makes sense. Our bodies actually need salt. To survive, we need actually a certain amount of salt every day. So like, we are designed, we're programmed to crave salt. Salt tastes good. We want that. Okay, fine. And pepper has been around for a long time too. I mean, thousands of years we've been using pepper. I mean, it comes out of India most likely and it's been used medicinally. It's been used as currency. It was very expensive in the middle ages, but then it kind of actually got cheap and it was sort of common and then everyone had it. And I was like, oh, what's the big deal? But why pepper and salt as a combination just became the thing comes down to one guy, one person in the entire world. Wow. Can you imagine having this much power? No. I mean, to basically say like, <laughs> oh, you know what we're doing? Everyone, all of us, salt and pepper. And so this was Louis XIV, the Versailles guy. And he had legendary dinner parties. And he was also a notoriously picky eater. And what the king wanted, the king wanted and the king got. And he didn't like anything that overpowered his food. Like that wasn't what he was interested in. And his chefs decided that like, oh, pepper gave just enough je ne sais quoi, but would be acceptable to the king. And so because of this, and because French cuisine sort of became so influential at this time, that became the combination for like a lot of cuisines that followed. So even today, American cuisine, salt and pepper, that's what it is. Wow. Right? Isn't that sort of interesting? It's like a weird quirk of history. It's very interesting because I never thought, why are the, these the things that we have? Right. Because like, what else could we use? We could use like turmeric. Turmeric could be kind of interesting or coriander or hot pepper, like chili pepper. That's like an option. Like there's a lot of other things we could use as a spice to like dial up dishes. You know, we, I come from a very big pepper family. My parents even have a pepper grinder in the car in case they end up somewhere where there's no pepper. <laughs> Okay, so instead of like carrying hot sauce in <laughs> your bag, you just have the full-blown Peugeot pepper grinder. Okay. Hot sauce in the bag or pepper in the car? <laughs> so back to the salt and pepper shaker. The rule is that salt and pepper must always be passed together. So what Bruce Wayne did, which was incorrect, is that he only brought the salt. He needed to bring the pepper even though the pepper was not asked for. Salt and pepper are always passed together. I never would have guessed that. So I learned so much today. And Ms. Manders explains it this way, quote, like many couples, one is sought after and the other generally ignored. But the polite person will treat them as a couple and invite them together. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've not been able to find any explanation for why this is the rule. This is just the rule. It's just, this is how we do it, so that's what we're doing. There's maybe no logical reason other than it is sort of more convenient just to keep them together in case you wanted the other one. I guess that would be as far as the logic would go. But the rule is, this is just what we do. I had no idea, and now I know. And I don't actually think that I've ever seen anybody pass me, because I always ask for pepper, and I've never gotten the salt and pepper passed at the same time. So it's a, a learning for all of us. So interestingly, people who know this rule do clock it when people don't follow it. They won't say anything to you, but they will silently judge you. And so it's just important to know that, like, oh, this is the rule and I will be judged. And so now that you know this rule, now you have to do it. Now I have to judge people. I mean, the, you you don't have to, but you are now welcome to. You're not allowed to do anything with that judgment. You have to keep that to yourself. Oh, bottled up judgment. But you are allowed to clock it silently. You're like, oh, that's interesting. They only passed one of the two items. <laughs> this feels a lot like the blackened wicks. 
It's definitely in that world. Yes, it is absolutely in this world. Now, are you ready for a little etiquette 2.0? Can we can we actually add a little twist to this rule? I'm ready. Can we dial this up a notch? I'm ready. Okay. So there is an exception to this rule. And I'm going to tell you this, but we cannot weaponize it. We just have to file this away. So at a proper dinner party, you'll actually have enough salt and pepper for every two people. So between every other place setting, there'll be like salt and pepper. And that's proper, quote unquote. Now, Letitia Baldridge, one of the etiquette greats, she does allow for an exception, which is that if everyone has their own salt, so there's plenty of salt to go around, one for every other person, but the pepper grinder is in a grinder and the grinder is a, quote, conversation piece, then you can pass just the grinder around. Very specific loophole. Everybody's got to have their own salt. Pepper's got to be in a grinder. And it's a conversation piece. Conversation piece. Yes. So she does not specify what type of conversation we're having. But it must be an object of conversation, which means, oh, this is quite a pepper grinder. It has lights. It's at least three feet. So that's the loophole. So (laughs) if that is a scenario, then you would pass one without the other. But other than that... Miss Manners, it's a couple. They come together. They leave together. All right. That's it. I'm going to put this one into practice. Immediately. Immediately. Even in my own home. Yeah, of course. If not there, where? <laughs> and we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep and delicious. So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about asking for substitutions on a menu and also how to ask for like secret menu items. I think it's fair to tell our audience that you have your finger on the pulse. You are uh, quoted in an article oh, about yes. secret <laughs> menus. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Somebody did it for me. Be like, oh, what are my thoughts about secret menus? And it was terrific. Uh, thank you. Well, I'll be happy to rehash them here. <laughs> so no need to read anything. Uh, but first, let's just preface and say we are not talking about people with food allergies or religious dietary restrictions or other considerations. Like this is more about preferences and more about like non-allergic aversions. Like, oh, I just don't want to have the French fries. I'd rather have the salad. Can I substitute? Like that's what we're talking about. Okay. So you were a server once. Did you ever get requests to make substitutions? Oh, oh, definitely. And what were your thoughts on this? I'm happy to give it a try. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, the the server is going to have, if it becomes, if it's not just a swapping out a side. Right. Which is easily manageable or like leaving, like maybe you're doing no carbs. Can I leave the croutons off? After that, you have to go ask the chef because it's cooked in with it and you got to get permission. Yeah, I think the first thing on my list was, what kind of restaurant are we in? Like, is there even a chef? Is there somebody back there who would call themselves a chef? <laughs> like, is that the restaurant? Or is this just like Penguin Point? Where it's just like, it's a burger joint and like they're happy to leave the tomatoes off. So I guess that's really the first question. Like, what is the restaurant? I don't know what Penguin Point is. Is that real? Oh, Penguin Point is very real. Yeah, it's like a chain in Northern Indiana. It's a cute name. I do love right? penguins. Yeah, so, you know, you can, next time you're in the neighborhood, you could swing by. But I don't think anybody back there at Penguin Point would call themselves like the chef. Like, oh, let me ask chef about this. So I think substitutions are probably easier there. But I think we still do the same thing, which is as the person asking, we say, is it possible to blankety blank blank? In asking people about this, chefs and like servers, the way you ask is like 99% of it. And so anytime you're demanding it, that's pretty much not the way to go. Asking if it's possible 
is this thing possible? And then being prepared to take no for an answer, that is pretty much like usually the way to go. And so you just want to be like, oh, would it be possible to have the BLT but not have the bacon? Is that possible? Yeah, I feel like when I when I was working wait staff, I was always happy to give it a shot. And like, l- let me check if I can do that. And I guess before you ask, I mean, is your request feasible? Like, are you asking for chicken noodle soup, but asking them to pick out all the noodles? Like, is that is that the request? In which case, should you make that? That's true. I mean, if there are probably some <laughs> things where you're like, wow, that's actually a whole other dish. And also, if if the restaurant is slammed mm. and you are asking for something that is so complicated and there's like 900 things happening and it's like, I remember the first brunch I worked on a roof deck in New York City. I almost, <laughs> I almost moved home. I was like, I can't handle this. It was because it's also their their bottomless mimosas, so you can't walk anywhere without anybody wanting to refill a drink. Uh-huh. You're trying, and then so when people then start making extremely complicated off the menu orders, or not off the menu, but just like exchanges and, and can I get like, the risotto without rice? <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, there's nine hundred people yelling at me right now. <laughs> right. We're lucky if we get a plate to your table. And some restaurant menus do say no substitutions, please. Which, if it does say that, I mean, I guess you could still ask. Although I kind of actually was like, if it says it on the menu, like maybe you shouldn't even ask. But I feel like you could say, if it says no substitutions, you just could say, hey, I see it says no substitutions, but can I ask for no croutons? Right, yeah. And I guess, is that a substitution or is that an elimination? That's an elimination, which I think <laughs> is different. Although I have seen some restaurant menus where they say substitutions are politely declined. And that phrasing to me actually feels rude. I really don't like the passive aggressive nature of the way that is phrased. Yeah, I like no substitutions better. Yeah, or no substitutions, please. I, I'm I'm good with. But substitutions politely declined. It was like, oh, I don't I don't love that. I it it does have that thing, that je ne yeah. sais quoi of uh it's got a little flavor of mm, I don't know if I love that. So if you are a restaurant owner and that's how you have your menus, think twice. That's all. Think twice. I think it's just not coming off the way you think it's coming off. Or it's coming across the exact way you think it's coming across. Oh, you think that they meant it that way. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You know, uh, because like if you said that to somebody in person, like there's no tone where that that's polite. There's no tone where you're like, um, we're going to politely decline your request. Like there's no way to say that in a nice way. (laughs) You're like, can I have the fries (laughs) instead of the mashed potatoes? I politely decline. (laughs) Right? Yeah. There's just something about that construction that is like, "Mm." Not great. Um, let's talk about some secret menus. So you say secret menu. I immediately think in and out Burger because you keep yeah. telling me to try the animal style fries. And you haven't tried them yet? I haven't tried them yet. Oh, you got to try them. But I will try them. <laughs> and then I thought of drive throughs because I was like, I got to go to the drive through. And then I thought of that amazing story you just told me about the drive through quote unquote situation. And I oh. think you should share with the group. Oh, gladly. So this hit my radar this week. And it's a story about a woman was driving her car and going through the drive-thru. And I guess she was taking a little longer than normal at the sort of speaker placing her order. And the woman in the car behind her was getting very impatient, was like honking the horn, making like wild gestures, like pretty rude. And so what the woman in the first car did was like, you know what? I'm going to pay for the person behind me. So just let her know that when she places her order that I'm going to pay for it. And so the first woman drives through and picks up her order. But because she had both receipts, she picked up the order for the person behind her as well and drove (laughs) off with both orders. 
so that the woman behind would then get up the window and her food wouldn't be there and she'd have to drive all the way around to the back of the drive-thru line and do it over again. So, <laughs> so just to be clear, that is bad etiquette. Don't do that. However, uh, it is kind of wonderful. <laughs> It is kind of wonderful. So speaking of secret menus. What's funny about that story is you think it's going to go the other way. You think she's oh, just being like, I'm taking a high forward. road. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, and maybe she'll learn her lesson by how nice people are. And then you're like, oh, no, <laughs> she's going in. So I do appreciate that boldness um, for sure. I would never be able to do that. But I, I do on some level uh, appreciate the poetic nature of all that. I do feel ever so slightly inspired. <laughs> yes. But again, <laughs> don't do it. We're not endorsing that. Uh, but it is wonderful. We're not endorsing it publicly, <laughs> but in private. Yeah, what you do, we don't know. So speaking of secret menus, In-N-Out Burger, I think, is famous for having a secret menu. And I, I don't even know if it's a secret. It's basically just like there's other ways you can get those same ingredients back there that they'll give them to you. I mean, we're endorsing it a little bit. Just a circle back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm saying don't do that. I'm sharing a story, which is very funny, but don't do that. At a certain point, people got to learn. <laughs> okay. So with In-N-Out Burger, most people know that like, oh, there's all these other things that you can actually just get from them. So they have like animal style, which is like with grilled onions uh, and like more sauce. And there's protein style where you can get their burger, which is like no bun, but they'll wrap it in lettuce instead. But I think that's on the menu. If you walk into In-N-Out Burger, it's not on the board. Oh, it's not. Well, I always get protein style. Right. I mean, so that's why In-N-Out Burger, probably not a secret. Like Chipotle, they have nachos. Like, you can get nachos for them. I don't think that's on their official menu, but, like, they have the chips and they got all the other stuff, so, like, they'll put it together. So, for those types of restaurants, you know, those secret menu, quote-unquote, items, have at it. They know how to make those things. But there is this whole world of, like, online influencers going out of their way to come up with crazy combinations at chain restaurants. Like, oh, what is the craziest thing we can make Starbucks do for us with all of the ingredients they have? And then we'll come up with some crazy name for it. And then like, we'll, we'll see what it looks like and tastes like. And then this spreads. And then you walk into some random Starbucks and you're like, oh, I want a London suitcase, fog, purple haze. And then the person's like, I don't know what that is. That's not in the system. <laughs> so you have to just be mindful that like, oh, that's not a real thing. So if you want that thing, you have actually have to explain to them how to make it. I assume London fog has to have tea in it. Uh, I mean, I was just making that up. I don't know if that's a real thing, but <laughs> sure. It's Earl Grey tea with berry syrup and pistachio cream. And then you take one of the egg sandwiches and you put it in there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sure. That sounds great. Oh, I bet the the baristas at Starbucks are like, can we not come up with any more drinks? So if you want one of these things, I think you got to read the room, which is like, oh, are you doing this at like prime time morning rush? And is this a drink that will take 40 minutes to explain and another 40 to make? Like, is that what we're doing? Uh, are you going through a drive through which this will also take a lot of time to explain. And that might actually be a little like inconvenient for everybody behind you. So I think you just want to like uh, read the room a little bit. Yeah. And then also you have to be prepared to take no for an answer there too. Like you can't expect that yes will always be the answer. Yeah, if you're making up a drink. I mean, I think people, I've always tried to accommodate people when I'm working somewhere, but at a certain point you're like, I can't. Yeah, I mean, there is a limit. 
But I think the, the bigger issue, which does come up, is that people walk into Starbucks demanding a random thing that doesn't exist, expecting everybody to know what that is, and then gets upset that they can't have it. And it's sort of like, well, we don't know what that is. You don't know what's in it either. And so what are we supposed to do here? Yeah, if it's off the menu, you got to know what it is, because how would everybody know what it is? Well, you say that like, oh, that obviously makes sense. But like there's people in this world walking into Starbucks, getting all belligerent because they don't know how to make the London suitcase fog purple haze thing. So, I, you know, I don't know what we do with these people, but I'm just saying, don't be that person. I don't know what we do with these people either, Nick. And I think that could be a whole, <laughs> not only an episode, but maybe a season of Where You Raise My Wolves which would be, what do we do with these people? And what then we- What do we do with these people? We take ideas. We do, uh, there's probably a, a pie chart and some X and Ys. Mm -hmm. And we figure out, what do we do with these people? What do we do? Because the current path is unsustainable. <laughs> it's unsustainable. unsustainable. So long story short, these are some thoughts uh, about going off menu. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, you just want to be mindful of like, oh, is my request reasonable? Am I asking it in a polite way? And is it achievable? And I think you could say, I just thought of this sentence. I heard that you did a coffee where you put the egg sandwich in it. <laughs> I'd love to try. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. I like that idea. Yes. Invite them into the conversation. Yes. Yes. And then they could be like, I heard that too. I've never tried it. Happy to try it for you. Mm -hmm. Or they could be like, I don't think that's real. <laughs> well, let's make it real. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So, Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person. Very confident mm -hmm. woman. Wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors, you get new patterns, you re recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their washed linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, 
And someone actually forwarded this to me on Instagram, which is, how soon is too soon to ask someone if they're going to eat their pickle when you're out to lunch? Have we as a society determined this yet? I love a under the headline of things we need to determine as a society. It's a great, it's a great category. Yes, we need definitive rules about certain things. How long you can leave your laundry in the dryer. When you can unplug someone else's electric vehicle. When, when you can, can ask, ask for the for pickle. pickle. <laughs> so, okay, Leah, do you have thoughts? Well, I think in this one, we got to split it up. It's got to be, do we know, like I, certain people I eat with, I know they're not going to eat their pickle. They never eat their pickle. Mm. So when they get their food and it has a pickle, I feel comfortable saying, are you going to eat your pickle? Because I know they don't want it. Okay. So when you're dining with declared pickle decliners, then <laughs> fair game. Ask immediately. Fair game. Right up top. I think they don't even want it on their plate. You're doing them a favor. Okay, interesting. They've been giving you this pickle for 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? Oh, well, if you have a history of pickle redistribution with this person, then yeah, if there's a history. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think if there's a history, I mean, you don't even have to wait till the plates are out. You could be like, hey, when you get that pickle, can I have it? And they'll be like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> on the way to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're scheduling the lunch. Right, yes. let's do lunch tomorrow. And by the way, I want your pickle. Yeah, because you know. This is the relationship. But then there's going to be the category of people where perhaps their pickle status is unknown. And in that case, I think you have to wait. Unless you want to be, I'm just throwing this out. This could be a uh, no, but we'll just see, okay. we're just going to workshop it. Sure. Maybe you're out with like five people and everybody's got uh, burgers and fries and pickles. Everybody mm -hmm. got the same thing. Mm -hmm. And you love pickles. Mm -hmm. Pickles are one of the reasons you get up in the morning. <laughs> and you say... When all the food gets put down, you say, hey, if anybody doesn't like pickles, I love pickles. Uh-huh. I'm happy to take them if, if, if anybody's not into their pickles. Okay. I like that. Making an announcement. Yeah. That doesn't put anybody on the spot. Nobody's on the spot. It's a general pickle announcement. But really, what is the appropriate amount of time or way to ask when you're unsure of their pickle status and it's a one-on-one? -on -one? We can't make a blanket announcement to the table. We're just dining with one person. They have a burger. They're eating their burger. You see the pickle has not been touched. And you're like, are they going to eat the pickle? Not eat the pickle. Because I am aware that pickle prefers do sometimes save the pickle for the end. They do. they're like, I'm going to save the best for last. So the fact that a pickle has not been touched is not necessarily indicative of pickle disdain. It is very true. So what do we do with this? I think we could just ask, hey, are you a pickle? Are you a pickle person? So I guess you can ask if they like pickles. And I think you have to wait towards the end of their meal. I think you could do it in the first quarter. First quarter. Okay. Not at the beginning of the first quarter, end of the first quarter. And I do like what you said about saying, hey, just so you know, love pickles if you're not going to eat. You. Although I feel fine saying, are you a pickle person? I think a declarative statement is probably better than a question. Hey, if you're not going to eat your pickle, I love pickles. And just like leave it at that. I think that's a little nicer than asking if I can have your pickle. Because then it's sort of like, oh, do I have to share my pickle now? Well, I didn't ask if I could have your pickle. I asked if you were a pickle person. Oh, are you a pickle person? A character question. Hmm, is it in your nature? I also would love to have a full conversation about pickles. So if you say yes, then I want to know <laughs> okay. what kind of pickles you like. Have you ever made right. your own pickles? You know, it could be a great conversation. Right. And then we go uh, to fermentation. You know, there's all these adjacent worlds. It's a it's a broad topic of exciting details to learn. So I think if you want to talk about if that's if you like pickles 
And maybe you'll get a pickle out of it. Maybe you won't, but you might get a full pickle conversation. That might be a way to go into it. Okay. So did we answer the question? Did we provide any information here? Well, we decided if it was a group situation, we could make an announcement. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And if it's one-on-one, we had two suggestions. You felt like after halftime, we could say... But I, I could see first quarter, but the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And you think the person should say... I think you might want to just talk about your own pickle appreciation and sort of leave that hanging. Like, I love pickles. And we just sort of hint, I guess. Although then I would be like, oh, you should just be polite and direct. Yeah. Like, that would also be what I would say. Like, being a little coy, that's actually a little rude. (laughs) So maybe, yeah, you maybe should be like, hey, I'd love your pickle if you're not going to eat it. I think that's what I would say. It's not a question. I'm just letting you know, if you're not going to eat your pickle, I would love it. And we just sort of like state that. I would love to say that I'm letting you know. Right. FYI. I would love your pickle if you're not going to eat it. If you are going to eat it, I'm excited for you. Right. I'm glad the pickle will be eaten. And so I just want to make sure that that's covered. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just want the pickle to get eaten. I think that's the spirit. I just want the pickle to be appreciated. It's a team effort at this table. (laughs) And so I'm going to jump in if you need me, coach. Like I'm I'm ready to do it. But if you're going to do it, that's great. But we just got to get it done. Yes. Okay. Okay, so our next question is, quote, Last night, my two friends and I and our husbands went out to dinner. After dinner, we went to a local bar for a nightcap and ran into another friend and her husband. Let's call her Lisa. Lisa and I are friendly, but we're not that close. We went over and said a quick hello as they were paying their check and heading home. Today, we found out Lisa was upset that we were out without her and thinks we excluded her on purpose. Do I reach out to this friend? I'm not sure how to handle this situation. I'll add that this friend who was upset goes out with other friends all the time and doesn't invite me, and I'm not bothered by it. Help. I think if we'd gotten this question on another week... (laughs) Okay. I could have been a little uh, more... Not feeling charitable today? I could have been a little more charitable. That's a great word. Uh I could have been a little more... People have feelings, you know, but I've had a Uh week that a lot of laying on the floor, a lot of wiping my brow. Okay. And so- So we don't have a lot of patience for this. I don't have a lot of patience on this, so (laughs) I apologize to our listeners. Uh I just wrote, this is on her. Yeah. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. Yes. What are you talking about? You you see people out and you think you should have been invited? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Well, because imagine a world in which the rule was you have to invite everybody to everything. I can't. What would this be? What What would the world look like? What What would the world look like? Like what a bonkers thing. But the thing that caught my eye with this question was the idea that Lisa's mad at us, but she didn't let us know. She let someone else know. And I'm going to guess for the express purpose of making sure that got back to us so that we would know that Lisa was upset with us. And it's like, Lisa, if you're mad at me, then like call me and let's talk about it. Don't talk to some third party and then have them relay a message that you're upset with me. Like, I don't like that at all. That's the thing that bothers me the most. I don't like that at all. It's like, "Mm -mm." I mean, if I read this, I would think that Lisa was in preschool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's out at a bar with her husband, but. (laughs) Could be I mean, preschool. somebody should be uh, working the door and carting people. But do I reach out to this friend? No. Oh, interesting. Because once we start catering to people who are, are who are, you know, catch me last week and I would have been like, oh, we could check in on people's feelings, you know, take the high road. This week, the answer is no. We don't reach out to them because once we start being like, hey, even though it's absurd that you would think that any time I left the house, I should invite every single person <laughs> I've ever met. I'm going to check in on you. Yeah. So interesting, you're like, oh no, 
we're not going to reach out. Because I do agree on some level, like, oh, you didn't say anything to me directly. And so therefore you didn't say anything. Therefore, I'm not obligated to respond to something that I wasn't told. So I, I do definitely get that line. And I definitely like agree with that on some level. But what I was thinking was, oh, we're going to call Lisa right up and be like, <laughs> hey, Lisa, I heard you were upset. And I'm disappointed that you didn't feel comfortable coming to me directly with your concerns. And I would hope moving forward that you would feel comfortable coming to me directly if there's ever a problem in our relationship so we can talk about it. And then you can pivot and be like, I also didn't invite you because we weren't planning to go to that bar. We were just out to dinner. We stopped in. It was casual. I'm so sorry if you were hurt by this. If you could do that, then do that. Although I feel like once you're explaining, you're losing. So I, that's what like, I feel like. Once you explain to somebody like this who thinks that everything should revolve around them constantly, you're playing their, you're, in, you're you know? Yeah. But I think the idea that we just let someone be mad at us and talking through third parties, I don't love that. So that's why I'm like, oh, I kind of want to just nip this in the bud. Well, you could call them and be like, I had, I heard that you were talking about me to a third party. Did you have something you wanted to complain about? <laughs> I think we can rephrase that. But uh, yeah, because that's where I am this week, which is like, oh, I don't have any patience for this either. But the way I don't have patience is like, oh, I'm not going to let this fester. I'm going to call you right up. And I'm just going to be like, squash that real fast and let you know that that is not okay. So I guess we both have short fuses in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> so- for our letter writer, uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong here. You're allowed to pop into bars uh, without inviting everyone you know to stop by, which is essentially what Lisa wants from you. And like, we don't live in that world. So sorry, that's not how the universe works. I'll add that the friend who is upset goes out with other friends all the time and doesn't invite me. There's no, there's no reasoning with a person who doesn't even recognize that their own behavior isn't, they're not doing what they're asking other people to do. And it does come back to that theater metaphor which is like our relationships with people are not equal. We have closer friends and we have acquaintances and acquaintances who are in the balcony cannot expect the same number of invitations as people who have orchestra seats. And so that's just how this is. Everybody doesn't get the same number of invitations because you're in different seats. I also don't know if we can reason with somebody who's so irrational as to think that they should be invited to everything when they're not inviting people to everything. So... I'm sorry this happened. I am too. And don't feel bad. You didn't do anything. No. In fact, you should make a point to just have nightcaps all the time and hope you run into her. <laughs> or you run into her at the supermarket and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't invite you to come grocery shopping with me today. I should have invited you. I'm, uh, maybe we should just do a month of like uh, at advice that's like the not appropriate way to handle thing, but that would be the most fun. Hey, Lisa, I need to fill up my car. I'm, I'm heading down to the gas station. Uh, want to come? Did you want to come? Or do you want to talk to our mutual friends about how I didn't invite you to get gas? Hey, Lisa, I'm having my annual physical. So just want to know if you want to come. Do you want to come? Want to come? <laughs> hey, Lisa, jury duty. Just want to know if you want to tag along. <laughs> maybe that's what you should do. I think maybe that's the solution. I kind of love that. I really like that one, even though obviously not appropriate. I don't know. I, I, it's not a hard no for me. I think if you want to just include Lisa in everything, I think that's great. <laughs> So, do you have questions for us about being petty or <laughs> etiquette or anything else? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267. Call RBW. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So, this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. 
So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't <laughs> wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I feel guilty that I always get to go first. Okay. Well, for me, I would like to give a follow-up to a previous vent. And... I I will do this in a way that is as value neutral and non-judgmental as possible, but I think our careful listeners will be able to read between the lines. <laughs> so you may recall that I had some noise upstairs from a neighbor. Yes. And I was not thrilled with this. So what I did is I wrote a very nice handwritten note on a very nice card and left it at their door. And the last time we were chatting, I had not yet heard back from this person. So more time had gone by. No response still. And I hear this noise again. Mm -mm. But it's in the middle of the afternoon this time. It's not in the morning. But I'm like, ah, okay, great. It is happening. I have not heard back. Let me do the thing, which we don't want to do in New York City, but sometimes you have to, which is let me go upstairs and knock on the door. Let me just actually do this in person. So I did go upstairs and I knocked on the door and they were vacuuming. And so I was like, hey, I'm your neighbor downstairs. Not sure if you saw my note. Um, just wanted to chat with you about vacuuming and like the times that that's happening. And uh, the neighbor was sort of puzzled, I guess is a word I'm going to use, a little defensive, uh, not thrilled that I was sort of interrupting and was a little defensive about the note because she was like, oh, I tried calling, but the number wasn't correct. I got somebody else. And so this is the part where I'm going to try and be um, non-judgmental and value neutral. <laughs> this, is, this is the part. Um, because obviously, like, I live downstairs and, like, that's clear. And, like, there's a doorman. So you could, like, ask the doorman or, like, you know, you know my name. And so you could probably Google me. Like, I'm reachable. But, you know, I'm value neutral, non-judgmental. And so 
the idea was that like, oh, I'm never actually up that early. Uh, maybe it's my cleaning person some days, but like, I'm not up at seven. Um, and you know, this building, there is a lot of noise transfer. And so it could be another apartment, which is that that is all totally possible. Like it, it could absolutely be another apartment. Noise does travel. It is sort of like a big guitar, the way vibrations can work. Um, so, okay, great. So just like, nice meeting you. Thank you for hearing my concerns. Sorry to interrupt your afternoon. And, and thanks, you know, just like, we'll all just be more mindful. And that's kind of how we left it. So I did leave it very neutral. I did walk away from that conversation thinking like, oh, she just made me feel like I did a bad thing. <laughs> it was that classic etiquette thing where it's like, oh, she just made me feel like I was like a bad neighbor by like accusing her of something, which she feels like she did not do. So I didn't love that because it's like, that's a very common etiquette thing, which a lot of our listeners experience. We're like, I didn't do anything wrong, but why do I feel this way? So know that you're not alone. I just felt that too. And I can <laughs> definitively tell our audience, I absolutely did not do anything wrong. This was textbook good etiquette. So cut to a week later, I hear the noise again in the morning and I'm like, oh, what is happening? So I get out of bed and I march right upstairs and it turns out it's the apartment across the hall. So it's not directly above me. It actually is the apartment across the hall. Very aggressive squeaky vacuuming taking place. And it was a transfer. It was a transfer of noise through like the ceiling and like down across. And so I later that day asked the doorman like, oh, is that guy cool? Like who's in that apartment? Like what's the deal? And he's like, oh, let me handle it. So the doorman did speak to him. Okay, great. But then two days later, same noise. Ah. So I called the doorman. I was like, doorman, what, what is that about? He's like, I talked to him. Let me call him again. So then the doorman called him again. I was like, oh, uh-uh. No, no. We, we had a conversation about this. And he's like, oh, it was really quick. I didn't think anybody would hear. He's like, oh, no, we can hear. And that's going to be the end of it. So apparently the doorman did just take care of it. I have not heard about it since. Um, so this is how they earn their Christmas tips. So the etiquette question is, do I go back to the first neighbor and say, I apologize for accusing you, even though I did not accuse you of anything. I just wanted to have a conversation. Do I let her know that I found the source, even though her TV is really loud in the evening, so she's actually not in the clear? Like, do I do anything or do I walk away? I don't know. So it's uh, not a vent. It's not a repent. It's a, it's a neutral. But that's the update. And for our listeners who maybe listen, they just came in on this episode. They're new. They didn't hear the other one. Nick's original letter was not accusatory. No. All he said was, like, can we chat about this or? Yeah, I have some noise concerns. I want to chat with you about it briefly. Here's my number. So it wasn't the noise is yours. It's not you're doing something. It was just like, there are noise concerns. Yeah, you were just trying to figure out where it was, you know. Just like want to talk to you about it. Trying to figure out where it's coming from. Right. Do you also hear what I hear? Like, let's all, let's, where it's a team effort. Yeah. So that's the update. And for you, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I got a vent, Nick. I. <laughs> all right. What happened this week? Prior to starting the recording today for all of our lovely Wolves family, I vented about like 900 people. <laughs> so this is very specific to comedy, but I'm sure that this happens in other people's jobs in other ways. Okay. So I'm in a show and it's a bit of a difficult show, which. Okay. What makes it difficult? So sometimes shows like the audiences are just real rambunctious or there's ah. TVs going on or, you know, it's like a, it's a, the room's a little out of control. Okay. And, um, which happy to do. It's always, I'm excited to be there. You know what I mean? I'm right. happy to do any kind of comedy. But it makes it as a performer a little more difficult when you don't necessarily have like the focus of the audience is a lot of distractions. Yes. Okay. And it. the etiquette for comics in such a room is if you're going to be in a room in the, like you could leave the room and not be watching. But if you're in the room and you know that this is a wild room, you're there to support the other comics. We're a sort of a team. You know what I mean? I see. So you got to be laughing. You got to be applauding. Got to be focused. And definitely don't be talking in a room that's already difficult. Right. 
if you need to talk to somebody, leave. Okay. So I'm last. I'm going last on this show. The second comic goes up. She does great. She has a great set. I stay in the room. I've, I don't look at my phone. I'm not doing my notes. I'm totally paying attention because it's a hard room and I there's only a small group of us and they're long sets. I clap. I pay attention. I focus. I say nice things after she gets off stage. Fine. Next comic goes up. She apparently had this whole group of people there to see her. Mm. They get up. They go to talk to her. Oh. They stand there and talk to her through the next comic and then all the way through my 40-minute set. Whoa. Okay. And you want to be like, hey, I've been at shows where people came out to see me. They were friends. And then other comics went on stage. And I very politely explained like, oh, you guys got to go back to your seat. You know what I mean? Like- the show is happening. Yeah, you got to support the show. Yeah. Or if you have to, if there's some kind of timeline or something, you, you got to leave. You can't stand in the room that's already a very like loud, distracting room and just talk. And the idea that another performer on the show would do that, I almost got off stage and went over to them and be like, hey, are we having a group conversation? And I can imagine this happens at other people's jobs when you're like giving a- Well, Patty Lapone does it if there's a cell phone in the audience. Good for She'll her. She'll stop the show right there. I wanted to so badly, but I was like, this room's already wild and I'm just yeah. not going to get in with it with a comic that I don't know. But- But that's rude. It's that's so definitely rude. not it's supportive because they should know better. They should know better. And the audience, the audience might not know better. They're there, there to support their friends. But as the comic, you know, and it's on yeah. you to either take them outside or tell them to sit back down. Right. And then that woman came up to me afterwards and wanted to talk. And I was like, oh, we're not talking. No. You just disrespected me when I listened to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, no. And do you think they got it? Do they think they oh, realized? No, I don't think like, they got it at all. They had absolutely no idea. But I was not in a place where I could be like, hey, next time. So you know. When someone's doing a long set, you should never do. I wasn't in the mood to yeah. explain. I was just like, okay, we're let's hopefully that we never work together again. Well, I'm sorry this happened because it is uh, always disappointing when people who should know better do root this. Should know better. And I think also I, I sort of operate like everybody is, we're all on the same team. Yes. Why are we not? And every time that we're, I'm reminded that some people are just- Not team players. Not team players. Yeah. No, that's disappointing. And I wish up top, you could be like, oh, I'm not a team player, so don't feel the need to sit here and support me and listen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Had you known, you would have been happily like in the green room doing something else. Had I known, I would have been happy to be outside playing with people's dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought happy we were to doing this you. together. <laughs> right. My mistake. I thought you were a good person. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm confused. Okay. Well, now I know. Okay, great. Well, I mean, good for next time. Now, next time, if you ever are booked on the same show as this person again, you'll know uh, where to be and not be. Also, moving forward, next time someone's like, hey, did you want to do this show with this person? I just say, I'm not doing something with that person. So let me know when there's another show. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. Do you know what good. I mean? It does come back to people. Yes. And it should. Yes. Bad behavior should not get rewarded. Just be polite. <laughs> Put that on the pillow. Leah, what have we learned? Oh my goodness. I learned, A, I learned about the history of how we got salt and pepper, which I didn't even think, I can't believe I didn't think about it. Right. And then I learned that they go together. I mean, I'm going to be passing them and you know, people are going to say, oh, I didn't ask for the pepper and I'm going to have to say, no, just so you know, 
they go together. <laughs> They're like a couple. Don't weaponize it. Don't weaponize it. <laughs> I will only say it if people say, oh, I didn't want the pepper. And I'll go, I got it. I got to bring it to you. Yeah, I'm obligated. I have no choice. <laughs> I am a uh, co-host of a podcast <laughs> and I am under obligation. Yeah, this is uh, legally <laughs> obligated. Uh, so sorry. And I learned <laughs> that we both have short fuses, but in a different way this week. What a week. They got us both. <laughs> they got us both. <laughs> Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, we need your help. We need your help getting more people to listen to our show. So however you want to do that, uh, do that. <laughs> it sounds almost conniving. You need to go into your friends' houses and download our podcast onto their devices. We're not against it. Breaking and entering. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to explore that. Please help us. <laughs> or you can like tell some friends about us. That's more casual. Or you could like post about us on your social media or whatever you want to do to help us get the word out. So please do that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. So we got the most beautiful voicemail. And as we all know, I've had a week. And so when I got this voicemail, it actually really turned my week around. And it was <laughs> a, a youth chorus. Yeah. Singing to us. Yep. Beautifully. Totally unexpected. Totally. It was so fabulous and well done. And it was given to us by Karen. And right as I say this, I think I know which Karen it is. And I'm going to message her. I was like, I'll just do a chorus of kindness. But now I think I know which Karen it is. Put it together. I put it together right now. And for me, I want to share an email we just got. You may remember we got some questions from middle school students. And the teacher just wrote in to say, quote, I wanted to tell you that my class had a listening party today. They were so excited they could barely contain themselves. We even voted on whose question they thought made your podcast before we listened. They enjoyed Jolly Ranchers, popcorn, chips, and a choice of strawberry or grape soda. What a middle school menu. Thanks so much for featuring their questions. It really made for a fun day for the students and the principal even stopped by for the party. You really made our Monday fun and I think your answers were absolutely perfect. Honestly, that is so wonderful. Isn't that nice? So I'm delighted we got to inspire a middle school party. Great menu. Hope there were place cards. What a great menu. And the principal <laughs> stopped by and they, they voted on which, I mean, I'm honored. So thank you for this. This makes our day. Really does. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, 
What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting. New season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 